could this be our entry into the metaverse performance space? You know, there's no one really playing in that space. And hopefully there is ways in which we're seeing today performance in live streaming to be able to put live actionable links to drive a consumer back to the site in real-time content, short form content, you know, reels. So we want to be here in this space, helping these brands understand how do they use the right strategies? How do you ultimately find that next consumer? Hello and welcome to Attention Seekers, the podcast from Performance Marketing World, where we get to know who's seeking attention in the industry and how they're doing it. Performance marketing is all about attention. It's the currency that is traded between consumers and advertisers, whether it's seconds on a screen or clicks on a link. So if you're not an attention seeker, you are not doing it right. I'm Lucy Shelley, reporter at PMW and your host for Attention Seekers. Today I am joined by Raki Jogia, International MD at Rakuten Advertising. Raki has worked for Rakuten since 2010, where she has added to her previous roles in ad operations, publishing and affiliate marketing. Her experience specialises in partnerships, programmatic and affiliate marketing, often speaking on these topics at events, as well as championing diversity and inclusion. Hi Raki, thanks for being this week's attention seeker. How are you doing? I'm fantastic and thank you for such an amazing introduction. Well, I'm glad to be with you on this jolly old morning. The last time I saw you was at uh, Rakuten's Fantastic Dealmaker event in London, which was a a great show. And uh, what have you been up to since then? Oh, gosh. I mean, we started our um, travels, I guess, in London. We started in uh, Dealmaker in June. Uh, which is our biggest flagship event. And it was incredible, you know, after three years, the ability to kind of get together in real life and do deal making and networking and just being able to kind of speak to what's been going on has been just absolutely incredible. And then since then, I've been able to go to Dealmaker US in Austin, uh, join my uh, Brazil team who came into town and really spend some time with our partners in North America and then hopped across back over to Europe and then over to Asia APAC in uh, September for our dealmaker in Sydney. So I've been on a bit of a world tour, really. So been really um, focused on our dealmakers across the world. And, uh, you know, they, they are really important events. As I mentioned, it's been three years in the making since we've been able to get together. But we had an incredibly successful dealmaker down in Sydney as well, which is, you know, so far, far away from everybody else um, in Europe and EMEA and US, but incredible event there too. And, you know, when you start to move into different regions, uh, whether you're in APAC or MIA or the US, um, there's a lot of similarities, right, in, in terms of what we do and the conversations we're having around performance marketing and the channel itself. But it is so nuanced in terms of culture, the brands you work with, the partnerships you work with. And then it's just really exciting to be able to kind of have those conversations in real life and, um, you know, tie that to our um, after party. And I think Sydney put on a great show and I dare say they probably threw one of the best parties and I'm pretty sure um, Europe and US are going to be upset I've said that, but it's something to I know, to strive, I'm jealous. I'm jealous I wasn't year, right? in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get you at all of them next year, really. Well, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Well, yeah, before we started recording, we were just talking about um, video calls because we are doing this podcast virtually at the moment. And it was it's so nice to be able to, uh, like you said, see people in person again. Uh, because we we were talking about um, working from your parents' houses, coming in with cups of tea, 
you know, kids in the background, <laughs> the mess that that was, as, as joyful as that is and as how much laughs and smiles it brings us, it is nice to see everyone in person, isn't it? 100%, definitely. Well, we are just about to head into the biggest part of the retail calendar with Black Friday, Christmas, and now the, the World Cup for, uh, I don't know if it's, it's, is it the first time the World Cup's been held over Christmas? I'm, it's not been done for a while. I'm not too sure. I think you might be right about that, actually. Um, but quickly, before we get into the meat of the podcast, what are you looking out for over the next quarter? I think it's really interesting to see consumer reaction, I think, to this you know, peak period. You know, this is the majority of the time when you know, consumers expect um, Black Friday deals and Cyber Week deals to come through. I think we've seen a bit of a shift over the last few years in terms of anticipation changing, um, big companies changing the way they also engage with consumers. So for example, you know, in Asia, you have Singles Day and Singles Day has kind of become, you know, celebrating 11-11, but also they do Doubles Day now. So there's a lot of kind of key partners in the market trying to evolve this. So, you know, they're changing not only shopping through November, but people actually looking for deals in October now uh, in anticipation of that kind of peak period. And even kind of post, um, post Cyber Week, um, people still on the hunt for those deals. And I think value adds. And I think more now than ever before, that's where I think a lot of consumers focus on, is going to be on that added value, getting more for their money, especially in times of you know crisis and cost of living and inflation. And I'm pretty sure that every single one of us um, is thinking a little bit more harder about how we're spending our money as well in terms of financial planning. Because mm, I mean, I've definitely noticed it. I can, oh, I'm nervous about Christmas coming up and, you know, having to get all the all the presents. So I'm looking forward to taking advantage of all the sales and things coming up. But it must be so interesting for you as someone in your position to kind of understand all the nuances, as you say, as the different regional markets. Because I imagine that it's also a bit of a learning curve, you know, having to find out all of these different kind of cultural differences, like you say, Singles Day and everything like that. Quite exciting. It's a busy period ahead, but if anyone doesn't feel their calendar is busy enough, Performance Marketing World have an event, which I'm going to quickly talk about now, on the 7th of December this year in London, which is called our Social Media Transformation Conference. It is an insightful new event offering ideas to transform your paid social and influencer marketing strategies with sessions focused on real experiences and campaigns, Q&As with marketers from exciting brands and networking with the performance marketing world community. So for more information and to sign up, do head to our website, performancemarketingworld.com and visit the conferences section. But now we can begin and get to know our our attention seeker this week. So Raki Jogia, what has been getting your attention recently? I mean, it's very clear that issues currently in cost of living, the turmoil um, in just inflation, the geopolitical climate at the moment is something that's probably on everyone's minds. But uh, just to take a step back for a second, for us in the UK, we've had some crazy issues in government, but now seeing, you know, a completely brand new prime minister walk through the doors is also something that is just so, so insane to us. But, you know, it's, you know, taking it back to uh, the macro level, I th- think the UK is really, you know, living through a very um, unique period, I will say. We, we are, I think, talking about, a, you know, a recession that's coming, turbulent trading conditions 
the most turbulent that I can remember. I mean, I witnessed the last recession back in 2008, and I think that was a slightly different, I would say a little bit more contained because it was a little bit more predictable, I, I believe, in terms of what was happening. And I think the digital space was able to kind of thrive from that first recession. However, this is some, something completely different. You know, we're coming out of COVID. We're coming out of something that is really never happened in our lifetimes. And changing the way we kind of work, live, connect, shop, um, returning to office, returning back to some resemblance of normal, whatever normal means to any of us these days, and then entering into kind of a climate that has created this challenge in in cost of living, this inflation, rising inflation and, and increasing living costs is something that I think every single person is impacted by. I think it's really interesting to see how we will continue to evolve as kind of humans and and consumers and and people in this environment. Um, But it's not all doom and gloom, right? So one of the things that, um, you know, we were talking about this in, in the business the other day. One of my leaders recently shared some interesting data on post recession expansion. So actually recessions do offer a unique opportunity to be able to kind of expand and find new ways in which we can kind of create these opportunities. And what it demonstrated is that maybe the average recession, and granted this data was US GDP, but an average recession can last something like 11 months. But growth post-recession on average was 25% up. And I believe that when you think about the affiliate marketing channel in the past, specifically in 2008, when I saw the last recession, it has demonstrated the ability to be incredibly resilient and incredibly innovative and reliable, especially as a low risk option for um, brands being able to tie their performance back to, um, well, sales-based metrics or performance-based metrics. So it is a low risk um, option for a lot of those brands looking to continue to invest in performance marketing. It's interesting what you say there about, so we're all, we're all doing everything together, which, you know, is nice to have, well, as, like you said, as bad as it is, at least we are all in the same boat, however it might be sinking, I don't know. But it is that horrible, horrible word that we all hate, which is unprecedented. And I'm a bit ashamed that I've even brought it up. <laughs> but it is, it is, like you said, with the um, with Rishi Sunak, now our PM, I was speaking to uh, my colleagues yesterday. They say, I remember, you know, it wasn't so long ago. Politics was boring. Nothing happened. And now it just doesn't, things don't stop happening. No one can keep up. And it's the same with the rest of the world as well. Do we want to go back? Do we want to go back to boring though? Do we want to go back to something a little bit normal? I mean, I don't know if I do. I love the fact that I can change up my daily routine, go into the office, spend a few hours there, come home and focus on deep work. I love the fact that Yes, the the political landscape is completely changed in the last few years, but there are some positives coming from that. I mean, as a first-generation British-born Asian, I'm seeing a first-generation British-born Asian taking one of the highest positions of office in the UK, and that I think that representation matters. And in, you know, I won't go into my poli- my political stance or anything like that today, but it's just really it's kind of bittersweet sitting back and going, wow, I cannot believe I'm seeing that in my lifetime. It's wonderful to be able to see that. But I just going back to my original point, having fallen into a position of, I guess, huge privilege and to be able to kind of think about that from, you know, how can I now think about changing the course of what our workplace looks like, how we um, think about hybrid working, how we think about fair opportunity for those. Um, I think that's going to be something that 
will continue to evolve as well in these unprecedented times. But you're right, it is It is so exciting to see the silver linings from what's going on. Like you said, flexible working. I mean, what a plus for everyone. So, Raki, I would also like to find out exactly how much of an attention seeker you are by asking you to recall a time where you have done something completely ridiculous for attention. Oh, this is a hard one. Um, I thought I used to be an attention seeker. And if I what if what if I say I'm quietly attention seeking in the background? What if I say I'm like a bit more of a thinker trying to scheme my my plans versus kind of out there? <laughs> and I think the most ludicrous I think I've done is actually take care of my own well-being. You know, I last year when I when I finally got this role and I it took a year to jump into it and really understand the different nuances, different markets and things. I actually took a break last April and I went to Arizona. I went to Sedona actually and I climbed Bear I climbed Bear Mountain. It was something I did by myself. Um my um guide actually told me if you want to connect to spirituality, you go up in the mountains. If you want to connect with your mind, you go in the canyons. So I have to go to the canyons next, but it was the, one of the most incredible, incredible experiences. So, so I'm more of a quiet attention seeker, I guess. That's great. But you're, you've given yourself the attention. You're the, you're the, you're your own target audience of your attention. Exactly. Oh, I love that. That's the first time someone's actually kind of spoken about that when answering that, uh, that question. The most important person that you should be paying attention to is actually your, yourself. Yes, Absolutely. As performance marketers, we know that ratings are very, very important. So I would like to talk to you about something that you think is overrated and underrated in the industry. So what have you brought for us today to talk about that is overrated? Um, so interestingly, I was um, I was doing a little bit of work last week with um, a new partner of ours who I will talk a little bit about today. Um, but we were talking about the creator economy and influencer marketing, and we were doing a little bit of future gazing. And I was like, do we think this is actually going to happen one day? So what I believe might be slightly overrated, actually throwing it completely out there, let's throw it over the fence, is the metaverse. And uh, maybe you've had this uh, brought to you in the past, but you know, where is it going? Um, where we see the metaverse today in terms of the development of its hardware, the adoption of its hardware, the companies playing the space trying to develop this technology, you know, Meta being one of the biggest um, partners or the, one of the biggest providers, actually. Um, it's quite funny to see how some companies are taking the application to a real extreme in terms of trying to recreate our realities and how people are going to play in this space. I mean, do we feel that we want to redevelop our identities in a space where we can be anyone or anything and have any type of feeling without any pure, you know, any regulation. What is that going to do to our kind of well-being? You know, I talk about well-being quite a bit, but is that too far down the line um, to be able to kind of recreate the reality? So that's one side of the, you know, equation. But I do see some benefit if the if you're overlaying um, AR, VR over reality to be able to kind of use that in a purposeful way, whether it's in medicine, education, in travel, I can see thousands of applications for that type of technology in a very creative, innovative way, which will start to elevate the things we do as a, as a race or as a humanity or whatever 
we we believe the application to be. So I think it's just, you know, seeing it's in its true form and in some of the funny memes around Mark Zuckerberg trying to create his avatar with legs versus something that is, you know, could be really applied in, in medicine and to be able to kind of teach and, and apply that to a, a skill to be able to kind of teach someone um, something completely new. It, it is, it's, it's so intriguing and slightly worrying and terrifying. I mean, two, two episodes ago, we had Suresh Balaji, uh, who is a founder of the Web3 Marketing Association come. And I was hoping he was going to say, tell me how much he thought the metaverse is underrated, which he did. But he also spoke about how he thinks it's currently overrated as well, which is interesting from someone that founded the Web3 Marketing Association. Um, but he was, you know, we're talking about how it can be used in the future. And I mean, the possibilities are endless. But like you, I also worry about well-being and taking away from reality. We talk about AR as augmented reality, but like you said, say, you know, metaverse should be something that elevates reality rather than takes people away from it. And that's the thing that kind of terrifies me. I'm sure I don't even understand the tiniest part of what the possibilities could be, but I'm, I'm waiting here to learn to get excited about, you know, something that I can really get behind. So we have just heard about what you think is overrated. What do you think is underrated in the industry today? I, I was speaking to um, the CEO of Maverick, our partner in influencer marketing, and he quoted something like, by 2026, there will be 1 billion people in the creator economy, people who are earning money through creating content and influencing in some form or format. And that is an incredible stat, 1 billion people creating that real digital real estate. And if we think about native digital formats today, and we think about above the line formats as well and how the offline and online world come together. There is this kind of new world in which word of mouth, influencer, short form video, third photography is playing a huge role in connecting with us, you know, things we care about, our values, um, what we want to align ourselves with, how we um, shop, work, connect, live, all those assets of who we are today. I am sure if you counted the number of times in your day you were exposed to these types of formats, you are probably seeing it more than, I think it was something like 30, 30 touch points an hour or something crazy like that without without you even realizing, because the minute you load your phone up, you're you're being exposed to stuff. And it's everywhere. So it's it's something that I think we are just become a little bit more blind to. But I think it's something that I think we care more about in terms of what we align ourselves to as well. Your wealth of experience. Let's talk about your best practice. Uh, the most exciting project that you have worked on. And how did you get other people's attention? I think the most exciting thing we're focusing on at the moment is this kind of, we talked a little bit about the evolving landscape, consumer sentiment, uh, this digital real estate that's evolving. So we're really excited to announce that we'll be partnering with a market-leading influencer marketing platform called Maverick. Um, and influencer marketing is huge. You know, we've seen the emergence of creator, the creator economy, how this space has evolved over the last few years as well. And, you know, we've kind of been slowly watching it. We already have partners in the space that we've worked with to carry out 
influencer marketing strategies tied to performance as well um, and tried and tested many things. And for us, you know, that's not going to go away. We're going to hopefully represent a lot of great opportunity for our brands to, to tap into the right strategies. But if we think about that audience type that I just talked about, you know, Gen Z, which is up and coming, um, but also how the digital landscape and the real estate has changed over the last few years. For us, bringing together a vision of a full funnel view of performance is really important. And what I mean by that is we're at a, I think, turning point where we can start to go to brands and say, it is now more than now more than ever important to tie together your upper funnel brand strategies, you know, working very closely with your PR teams to tie them back to performance. And we think about being able to be more efficient with your spend, to be able to tie that to success, being able to measure um, what comes from that performance is really important because every brand dollar or every performance dollar that we spend in the channels today is going to be really important at a time of um, crisis, I suppose. And, you know, brands are really thinking about driving more efficiencies. So for us, this full funnel play is going to be really, really important to help offer something a little bit more different. And then the second thing I guess I would say is it is evolving. And for us, it's just an exciting space to play in to be able to understand what's next. You know, could this be our entry into the metaverse performance space? You know, there's no one really playing in that space. And hopefully there is ways in which we're seeing today performance in live streaming to be able to put live actionable links to drive a consumer back to the site in real time content, short form content, you know, reels. Um, there's evergreen content like Pinterest, you know, all of these assets are really kind of trying to come together. So we want to be here in this space, helping these brands understand how do they use the right strategies? What is underutilized? What is overutilized? How do you navigate the space? And how do you ultimately find that next consumer tied to your brand values and your brand goals? In your personal and professional opinion, what what is next? What are you, I mean, it's an open-ended question. What are you looking for what are you looking for that's going to be moving especially as your international perspective is there, are there parts of the world that we should be watching right now yeah absolutely I mean you know if we just think about the UK I mean the UK is going through something quite unique in terms of you know we have incredibly high inflation rate and our cost of living is incredibly high at the moment and yes some of the markets outside of the UK are also facing um, similar challenges. But I think where the opportunity comes in is for, you know, if you're a UK native brand, a heritage brand, there may be an opportunity for you to think outside of the UK in terms of your international um, global expansion opportunities. And that's something we've seen naturally just occur over the last few years in terms of brands seeing different ways in which different markets and different customers behave. Um, in Asia, actually, so in, in Asia and, and especially in Middle East, social media is huge and the investment in social media is far larger than um, some of the more kind of pure play web and mobile apps that we see in our publisher partner ecosystem. So it is a slightly different strategy. And I think what's really, I think what's really exciting is we just think two levels. I think there's the international lens of things and, you know, the, the local nuances uh, and how they shift and change. And I think it's really exciting that we're in a brilliant place to be able to kind of say, 
have you thought about, you know, working with these partners specifically in these markets to help you find those audiences? Um, and the other piece is how this kind of full funnel vision of creator and affiliate can kind of come together. Um, how can you attract the right influences into your your program initially through gifting, through kind of um, high impact influencer campaigns, but then look to bring those on board in, as an ambassador and you're always on campaign through the affiliate marketing channel. So there's a way in which you could kind of develop a cadence, a frequency, a constant conversation with these partnerships. And I think for us, what's going to happen next is really being able to kind of highlight, showcase some of that great work, um, continue to advise on where we feel that are the right investments, right opportunities, and hopefully try out some really fun things in a much more innovative and forward moving space like hopefully AR, VR and Meta. Well, I'll tell you what is happening next in this episode is your resell me a pen challenge, which is all about getting my attention. So the tables have turned and the item that we have chosen for you is it's an instrument of communication. It's even been used for, for advertising in, in restaurants or pubs. I often see it, but we have given you a chalkboard Racky, and you have 60 seconds to resell me a chalkboard. And when you are ready, resell me a chalkboard. So the chalkboard, um, I believe the chalkboard, well, on most historical accounts say that it was first introduced in the early 1800s. But I guess when we think about the chalkboard, it's incredibly steadfast. So as you mentioned, it's been one of the first mediums of mass communications. It's instantly recognizable across different generations. And it's the only form of communication that still exists today across the globe in the majority of cultures, in the majority of environments, whether you're in a school in India or if you're sitting in the pub in the UK, you are going to recognize the chalkboard when you see it. And some may argue maybe it was the original QR code in its original native format before the QR code really took off. Or perhaps it was the first, you know, ability to kind of create content through the content economy we talked about a little bit about today as well. But let's remember the chalkboard is sustainable. It's easily transferable. It's available in most colors and almost all colors, actually. And one can argue it could easily formulate um, a way of linking together your influencer and affiliate marketing through And that is time. Hashtags. Oh, oh. <laughs> so close. So close. Oh, did you just have a tiny to bit? my that- bonus, my bonus point. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. A minute flies. Wow. I, I should know. have had a timer. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I love how you've related it there. You've, you've given me a good old... A good old nostalgic history lesson of 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 the chalkboard. It is it is universal. It is everywhere, and like you said, it will it will be everywhere, and everyone knows how to use it. Although I have to say, I don't think you've resold me a chalkboard. No, oh. <laughs> I should have started from the end first. I can I can hear that you're getting to it, and you know, the- I know. I just didn't know how long a minute was. To be honest, I was like, wow, that's a minute. <laughs> yeah, Crazy. I mean. Uh, I know time does fly. Time does fly. A minute is a varied time length of time, isn't it? It it is not the same every time. Because I felt like you're getting onto it with the QR codes, and then you mentioned hashtags. I was getting excited, but I've I've got to remain fair. So I'm afraid. No, it's a no deal today. No deal. (laughs) Has anyone successfully sold you back an item? 
Yes, yeah, I have had some success. What's been your favorite? Last week, Zoe, she resold us Blockbuster. Oh my God, I would have sold you that. That was just, that's pure nostalgia. I know, yeah, maybe that was an easier challenge, to be fair. She, um, <laughs> I love that. But she, she's the, the CMO at the big issue. So I thought, you know, a, a high street staple has to sell another high street staple for sure. <laughs> love that, love that. Thank you so much for being this week's guest on Attention Seekers, Raki. I hope we have satisfied your attention-seeking desires. Thank you so much for having me. It's been absolutely fantastic, as always. And um, yes, the introvert in me is very happy, as is the extrovert. If you want to find out more about news and trends from global brands, agencies and platforms in the performance marketing industry, register with us on our website at performancemarketingworld.com. And don't forget to check out our upcoming event, the Social Media Transformation Conference. Well, thank you all for listening and giving us your attention. I hope you will join me next time when I sit down with Lana Warner, Senior Director of Partnerships at Latame. Latame.